Welcome back to the Lakeland Sports Guys. I'm Tom Carroll, Chris Cox sitting beside me. We've got the coach, Dan Spivey, in the house here at Howard's on Main as it is Thursday. And that means a twice-baked potato with the ribeye steak sandwich here at Howard's on Main. Come by and see the good staff here at Howard's uh, as well as uh, you know, B-Rat will be in here in about an hour or so and you can come in for happy hour. And he, uh, he's got the coldest beer in town, so come check him out. Uh, they got live music also coming in tonight and Friday and Saturday as well, so the best live music spot in the house here at Howard's on Main on this very stage. On this very, or, well, sometimes on the stage. Glad to have you with us. We've got a lot to talk about today. Hopefully we'll have a special guest that's going to be coming in. Um, if not, you have definitely seen a lot of the stuff that they have put out, and that is the good folks for moving with the chains. They did a great job of moving uh, and interviewing all of the coaches that were brand new in and around the uh, state of South Carolina, as well as their um, – Top 75 for the uh, Mr. Football that is out there. That list, uh, I wonder if it started out at 25 and grew to 50 and then 60 and then <laughs> grew to 75. We're going to have to ask him that question. Where did it start out being the top at and why did it end up being 75? And why are a couple are omitted from this thing, from the Lakers? But anyway, <laughs> that's for Kevin Thomas. But anyway, well, hopefully, hopefully they'll get back with us. They've got enough play. They've got enough guys. You know, they got them in the low state. They got them in the mid state. They got a couple up here and. You know, the guy, every one of them wants their guy to be on the list. <laughs> you know, so. There's only you know. upstate as far as championships, those stands. That's, that's a fact. <laughs> that's what me and you that. always joke yeah, about. That's what we always say. You know, in yeah. the 70s, it was low country, but then you have a little bit of Midlands with Dutch Fork, and then it used to be. But like I said, yeah, I mean, it's a good list. Uh, you were talking about leading to it earlier. If you haven't been to their sites, moving the chains. If you're doing like I had a day, it took me, there's there's eight or nine different groups moving the chains. So put in moving the chains. Moving, slash, no G on the end. Yeah, moving. slash South Carolina, and it'll pull it up. So, uh, <laughs> Or you can go to movingchains.com. Yep, you can do that. There too. Just no and G. But I, like I said, there I I told you earlier, I was enthralled by because I don't know a lot about Skiza. Um and and the 1A and stuff, I don't – we don't – you know how hard it is for 4A to get rosters right. and stuff. Can you imagine Skiza and 1A football games? Have you ever done 1A? I know you all have done two. And well, when three. we were 2A, we played a lot of 1A yeah, schools. Good, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I would imagine – because, like I said, when I looked up Dixie, when we use – because of Beverly, but looked up Dixie on here, and it had seven players. So – I was wondering about the eight-man, and I said, well, I don't think so. But anyway, they have not updated their roster, and that comes from uh, Max Preps also, which um, we had, they had a little confusion. So if you out, if you were out and you got one of David Stumbo's little pocket uh, schedules, schedules, there's a couple little faux pas on there that Max Preps didn't warn him about either. And uh, so there's – I think there's two games. One's Emerald Stand, and the other one's a Greenwood so. that are on wrong dates. So before you go to a game, make sure you check with the index and check with us because we'll have our. We'll, well have the best thing to do just go to greenwoodathletics.com or Emerald. Get it right. Or right any more. any school in the Lakelands yeah. area. Every one of them's got their own little website now. Some do a better job keeping them up than others, and uh, it might be a little bit slow right here at the first. You might just find a schedule for this year. That might be all you find. Because uh, rosters are hard to come by right now. <laughs> they, they're very tight. You might come over here and sit in my chair because I just got thrown the trash bag. So I guess <laughs> Clyde's going to take me out because <laughs> the trash bag's right here in front of me. So Yeah, but they uh, if you didn't catch it last night, also moving the chains, you know, John Epps, Kevin Thomas, uh, Gerald Hendricks, they all did the, the 4A, 5A, or 3A, 4A, and 5A um, 
rundown as far as their preseason goes and who they think they're going or teams are going to be. They got their uh, predictions as to who's going to be in the championship games at the each of uh, at the end of the year in each classification. And uh, they also talked uh, about you know the dark horses, the favorites, everything else in that regard as well. So you can catch that along with the one A, two A, and Skiza that they did back on Monday. Yeah, go back and catch it. I, like I told you last night, I had paused it for a second. I went back to get it, and I couldn't find it again, so I'll watch it again tonight. But um, like I said, we, we are a lot more than just a Greenwood podcast <laughs> for what has been said around the area. But uh, we try to do a little bit of everything. And and, and uh, John Epps and, and Kevin Thomas are moving the chains. We I depend on them more than I do a lot of like the papers because they get out there and do the work. You know, I always love your Thursday segment. Well, they do it all the time. I mean, they, if there's a new coach stand, they don't just call and say, how yeah. you doing? They don't just write it down. They interview them. Yeah. And if you, another one to go back and catch, if you are in the Lakelands, I don't remember. It's probably from around May or June, but they had on there Matthew Bennett, mm-hmm. the new coach at 96. Go back and watch it. And like I said, they've got a little periodical thing. You should go down and pick Matthew Bennett, 96 High School, and watch that interview. It's amazing. And like I said, a lot like DeBose and, and Stuart Young. If you got eligibility, you'll want to play after you watch it because I mean, he's one of them guys that just – he's just so enthralled to be at doing what he's doing as a head coach. And uh, I think that's probably the success that they may have this year. It may take them a year or two, but I think you'll see a difference in 96 football right away. Yeah. Yeah, the question is going to be where he came from in Clinton. Uh, oh, the yeah. member, <laughs> number of folks that had graduated from there, plus the turnover and coaching staff. Um, they were picked, and we can start here, guys, as far as the uh, uh, South Carolina prep media poll that did come out on Monday. Um, like right after <laughs> we got off the air, uh, it came out. But when you look at it, and, and we'll start we'll start with the 1A. Um, Christchurch had 11 first-place votes, Louisville, Bamberg, Gerhardt, Lamar, uh, Southside Christian, Johnson, and then there was a three-way tie for seventh between St. Joe's, Lakeview, and Cross, or, and then in 10th spot was uh, Whale Branch in that regard. But others receiving votes, nobody from the Lakelands, really. Wagner Sally, Baptist Hill, Great Falls, Latta, Carver's Bay. Um, The thing that strikes me the most in here, we're not seeing as many of the charter schools in this preseason poll. Again, again, it is preseason. I was stunned because we think of 1A and I think of one school. (laughs) But they play in the same region. Southside Christian plays with Christ Church. So now you got two. Well, there's three. There's another one that you just St. called. St. Joe's is there. This year could be the toughest end. We were talking about 3A being tough. 2A is always difficult. 1A may be where it's at because one loss by one of those teams in that conference, and they got to fight from behind. Yeah. You could possibly get to end the year, and each one of these teams has two or three losses in Christ Church or – um, and like I said, Christchurch is there because of – well, the reason I think they probably are probably one of the better teams is Deshaun Reeder, who to me, and whenever if we do get Kevin on, I want to ask him how close he would be to putting as your, as your uh, player of the year on his, one, on his 75 list. Uh, I think he's that good a running back. He could definitely play at a Greenville, a Rock Hill, or, or wherever. He could play 3-4 a ball easily. He's just – like I said, he's chosen – uh, to go to the 1A ranks at Christchurch. So, and they got a that, – that's a really good football team. Uh, when they beat – I think when we were coming home from uh, – I think it may have been the T.O. Hanna game last year was when they upset them, uh, Southside Christian. I was like, there ain't no way they beat this team. And then <laughs> to turn around and beat them again and stay – or to get in the to playoffs, the state, yeah. yeah, and then to go to the state and win it. But, I mean, the, those those teams that you named off, any one of those five can win that. 
And I'm going to make the push for Well Branch because they're a good football team, too. Uh, <laughs> and they're out of that Buford area that we all know. Um, uh, in my opinion, I see Louisville coming out I, winning this overall. So You know, Dion Brown's the guy, like I said, at receiver that's a really good player. And the quarterback is losing me right now. But, yeah, Dion Brown's there. And then, luckily, I had the, the uh, one of the first 75s up out of the five or six pages. But <laughs> And there are a ton of them. Um, like I said, when you think – when I think of 1A, I'm thinking Wersholes. Yep. Um, I'm thinking about Ken Durant, who I would also put up there with a guy like um, Deshaun Reader. Uh, but better line play there. Interesting to see what McCormick can do since we're talking about single life with Coach Collier there now instead of Coach Pratt. Stan, when you're talking 1A, it's the same problem at most schools, players. Um, and filling a roster for one, because like I got to tell you, Dixie's got very few players on there on the roster that I've seen. Um, and like you said, you don't see a lot of Lakeland stuff already out there right now that's got a list of everybody like they do. Um, but you got a Ken Durant. Uh, I'm sure 96 has got a couple players. Uh, Wershels will have a player or two. Who else are we talking about? We're talking about Callum Balls. Well, Dixie. Yeah. Dixie. Dixie's always got a running back or a fullback. The, the, the interesting thing this year about the 1A schools in our area, every one of them have a new coach. They do. Every yeah, one McCormick, of them has a new Dixie. coach. And so now, you know, we can look back and we can say, well, McCormick graduated this many seniors. Wershels graduated this many and, and this and that. But – how many do they got coming back? And are, is the new coaching staff going to use the players they have coming back in the same way that the old coaching staff used them? I mean, we may show up and, and a, a McCormick or a West Shows just light the world up. It, it's one eight ball is so finicky. You get one Division One player on that team. And it, it'll make a four or five ball game difference in the win-loss column. You get a, maybe a two or three lower division college players, they're going to be hard to stop. Now, we alluded to the Durant, Dodick, McCormick, a great talent, that whole family. But they've never really had the people around them, in front of them. You know, it's always been them against the world. And they've put up good numbers. But uh, they got a it's going to be interesting to see. they got a junior quarterback, and Marquis Stevens is coming back. he got Cam Durant playing yeah. linebacker and fullback. Uh, since you're talking about Dixie, I'm gonna, let's just go ahead and just spotlight them real quick. Um, one of the things I want to talk about first is we'll talk scheduling in a second, but – there, the two quarterbacks battling out, one's a sophomore one's a freshman. <laughs> so you got really young at quarterback. Uh, young team. Running back. Um, Austin Wilson's the only senior that's on the offensive front. Uh, Byers is a receiver. Um, your tight end's a junior. So just quarterback's really where you're going to be young at right off the bat. Yeah. The rest of these guys are juniors and seniors. I see a Drew Gambrell, who we all know, yeah. who probably that who's the son. But let's talk about their schedule real quick because it's a di- listen to the schedule. This is difficult. They play Pendleton at home to start the year on the 18th. Then they go to Crescent, Ivy High School, as I call it, Ivy High School. I don't know Anderson Cavaliers. That must be another one of these pickup charter, charter schools. schools. Uh, they got them at home, then they have Liberty. Then they go, they got McCormick on the road, then they wear Shoals. Now, listen to these last four games Southside Christian at home, 
at St. Joe's, Christ Church, and then at Calvin Paul's. Now, Calvin Paul's is going to be better sooner rather than later because right. they also, like you have alluded to earlier, they also have a new coach. Um, well, and, 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 you know, that new coach coming in, he might – Calhoun Falls may end up with 20 ball players instead of 15. I left so, – I got the wrong little notebook. The other one had every player from the A class. <laughs> so we'll go over them later. But uh, there is another uh, – uh, Marquarius Bryant. So we know that that's probably Martavius's nephew or – Cousin. At a, at a receiver, of course. Yeah. Um, their quarterback played as a junior quarterback at Calhoun Falls. And then, like I said, my – my single lay is gone. I don't have it with me. I do have their schedule, but I don't have anything else about them. Yeah, but Jamari Norman's going to be the quarterback yep. that's up there uh, at Calhoun Falls. You've got wide receivers in Kendricks Tatum, also Jay Jones. Uh, go along with all of those folks as well. Yeah, so Kendra- yeah i got a Kendricks Tatum, too. This is a freshman. This is a quarterback position also. But you're right. It is the Norman kid. It's funny because I was like – Jabari Norman, didn't he? <laughs> I'm always thinking about them Normans out of Greenwood and Promised yeah. Land. But uh, and like I said, we got their, I got their schedule right here too, and it's difficult. And like I said, I, I don't think I, guys, I don't think I'll ever forget Jamboree two years ago, where they barely had enough players to finish those yeah. games. And this is where they've come from. And 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 hopefully, like you say, there's 25, 30 players on this yeah. team this year. Um, the fact that there was six that we could find or five. Uh, you got at Blackville Hilder, uh, a new team to single layer. They're back in it. It's Thornwell from Clinton, yeah. what we call the uh, children's home or whatever. They're back with another coach that was, as a matter of fact, he was interviewed by Kevin Thomas, I think, last month. And then same type deal, though. You get a Christchurch at home, <laughs> the number one team, I think, actually started the morning in the state. At West Oak, winnable game there. At St. Joe's, tough. Then you get Southside Christian. So, <laughs> there's not an easy game on that schedule. Then you're at where Sheldon McCormick and you in with Dixie also. So, uh, tough schedule. Like I said, I, I just hope that we see, and, and we won't because they're not a part of our jamboree tomorrow night. But um, they're playing – they played somewhere the other night. and, and actually, Well, they played at Callum Falls. They hosted their own did. jamboree. Dixie right. was there. You had that uh, – Anderson Christian was there. Um, and Greenwood Christian were the four teams that ended up being there. So, And Dixie did really well, evidently. They scored – well, they scored often, but they had over 200 yards of offense to go along with that Dixie did. And Calhoun Falls, for the most part, looked good. My understanding, the first four or five minutes of that yeah. ball game, and um, then all of a sudden people started blitzing on them, and that yeah. was a different story. I do have a corner real quick since we're there. Um, like I said, Marquis Stevens is a junior, but he's six-foot quarterback. Played last year. Played the last two years at quarterback. Akin Durant, he's a short guy at 5'10". Uh, but he also plays free safety. Uh, here's the thing that it just always bothered me. If you're a quarterback, do you want him to play defense? But we know Greenwood had the Rapley and, and Caleb Burton. And, and they end up like playing defense. I don't know why I was an offensive guy, but I wanted the attention. But you got a, a Stevens that's going to play cornerback. Um, Malachi Chamberlain, six-foot receiver. He is a senior. Uh, the Cabron Thomas, who's a 6'1 receiver in free safety. There's some height on this McCormick team. And I, like I said, you got, of course, you got a kid in Quantrell Hurst is Chris Hurst's son from Lincoln and Georgia. I do know that because I, I played softball with uh, Chris Hurst. That's uh, the brother of the Georgia running back and played with the, the uh, 49ers. 
He's 5'8". He's another one of the short guys, but he's also a running back. So look out with that speed. He can just automatically help a Ken Durant. You can kind of go one-two punch. And then, of course, this is where I want to see – I've got to see if I can get Coach Collier to come on. Cam Durant is actually 6'4". Now, he plays fullback. If it looks like, And he's 200 pounds. He's your middle linebacker. I would almost like to see him run a couple plays out the backfield and, and pass mode because he can catch. I yeah. mean, if he's playing middle line, Tom Carroll's position, yeah. middle linebacker, then he can catch a ball. Um, so, I mean, there's experienced players, unlike like Dixie, we were talking about, where they have young guys yeah. that are starting. These guys are experienced. And, and – I didn't get the rest. There is a, there are more. They're linemen, I promise you, <laughs> and their line's big. I would almost put two or three of those guys on Greenwood's team in a heartbeat because there's one that's three, that's like three oh one, and it's like maybe five ten five. You know, he's a good size. But we're gonna run through their real quick their uh, schedule as well since we're doing this now. Uh, they start out with the toughest game in the world because they got to go to where, Tom Carroll? They got to go see the Panthers over <laughs> in Titletown. At Advil. And their second one's on the road, too. Lincoln County, who played for a state championship last and that's year. Not, and that's not a slouch team. That's that is a, a rivalry team. team. And it's a rivalry. I, that will be an easier preview for me to come up with because Lincoln's out there everywhere in Georgia football because they have, they have what, eight? Eight classes, I think, or seven classifications. Like that, yeah. All right, and now here's a, here's an interesting. They get Thornwell at home. Would a team just restart the program? I, I don't know. I and I didn't do my homework on it because I didn't go get Thornwell and their scheduling players because I know they've probably been working on this for a couple of years. But uh, then on the fifteenth, they got Dixie at home. Uh, the twenty second, they go to Christ Church. It's like I mean, every one of these teams are going to play the tough teams. Well, in their region. Yeah, they are. They're in their, that's yep. a tough region if you think about it. Toughest there. region uh-huh. in one. For area. the Lakeland teams. Yeah. <laughs> I guess for the other ones up, up there, then they got out south side Christians, then they got out Calvin Falls, and then St. Joe's is their ending game. So if there's anything that you look for maybe Coach Collier to do is if you look at the schedule, you say, look at one and look at two. Look at start and look at finish. Pull one of those upsets out right there. And this could be a really good football team. If I'm coach, that's what I say if I'm Coach Collier. Um, to me, I think they would almost rather beat Lincoln because they're rivals. They're close. They're eight miles apart. So they got cousins on this team, making everybody else. Because Coach Collier, I hate to do it because, I mean, Coach Pratt always said, but don't say another word. Don't say another word. But I don't think you beat Nappyville this year. I just, uh, if you do, you got to stop that run. But, like I said, Zay well, Rafer's back. So. Yeah, and, and we'll get into Abbeville as well next week a little bit deeper in depth. But uh, supposedly their secondary is just loaded with speed. Uh, we'll see how speedy they are. They did scrimmage Greenwood on Tuesday at yep. the scrimmage up at BHP. Um, that was up there. And they, I mean, it was two fairly even match teams, I thought, uh, between the two. But then again, it is a scrimmage. So you're trying to find people and places for them to go and schemes that work and things of that nature. So it's really hard to tell in a scrimmage, uh, unless you're a coach, as to, to what comes out of it. But for the most part, Abbeville Secondary did look um, very, very quick. So and and they've got uh, what a, a safety that's uh, got an offer already from South Carolina or has South Carolina looking at him. So he, he I tell you we can thank Trey Jones for that one because <laughs> yeah. Trey Trey Jones will be one of your top linemen in the Gamecocks on the offensive line this year. We do know that. Um, I don't know what position they're going to put him at, but he will be in it, probably a tackle. I would say, but you know he's a big kid out of Abbeville. Um, and like I said, that might be the one niche we need to get where the Gamecocks are up here all the time because there's players over there. We know that. 
We know that. That's why there was such a big push the last two or three years with Dixie combining and everything else. And I'm telling you right now, if you want a powerhouse of a team, you bring in Cal Falls, Dixie, and Abbeville, and you're looking at three, four, a possible team here with with the size of that school, which I classifications to me shouldn't go by a population of a school. What do you think about it? I mean, should it, is that really a fair I think it's a fair assumption, estimate as to you know, where it should be, with the exception of the charter schools that have a different recruiting process right. versus a public right. school does. I think those should probably play up uh, a classification or two based on um, you know, what they've been able to do in the past. I, I just, like Georgia is. You win a state championship, you move to the next classification. Next, and that sport only. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's and what that's, we've been saying about that for a while, but they don't want to get over here. So. Well, they're not the charter school either. So, but or, or else drop them. You know what? If they don't want to move up, Jerome, drop them to one A with Southside Christian and, and Christchurch, and let them play there until they move up to three. I might well, get them now, out of there. Now, I'm, I'm gonna speak up for Abbeville for just a little bit here now, just a teeny tiny bit. They did improve their schedule last year over what has been in the past. Their non-region schedule. They have been going out and and they're doing the same thing this year and playing some better teams. Some uh, 3A, 4A classified teams that uh, are going to give them games and can possibly beat them. Uh, I will give Coach Nichols that. He did He did listen to somebody. He might not have liked it, but uh, <laughs> he went and got some people. So I'm reading text messages right now. So we're, we're going to probably try to connect with uh, Kevin Thomas again, maybe a different time or else. We may try him again right now, but he was on a work call, I think is what he told me, so. We'll, we'll figure it out if we want. If we got a little bit of time later on to do it, um, so I guess now we're at two A since we started talking about Abbeville. All right, so. and Abbeville is the number one. Uh, yep. You know, yep. you take your state champion from last year. They got eleven first place votes. Great collegiate who tomorrow is going before the South Carolina High School League about uh, their Classification. <laughs> classification. Um, uh, we'll see how that turns out tomorrow. But uh, they are number two. They got four first place votes. Oceanside Collegiate, no surprise, at number three. Fairfield Central at four. Marion comes in at five, followed by Andrew Jackson. Hampton County, Silver Bluff is eight, Strom Thurmond ninth, and then a two-way tie at 10th between Barnwell and the Tigers of Saluda. Um, also, 96 ended up getting a few votes uh, that were in there. Um, thanks to uh, Cam at the Index Journal, I'm sure, uh, along with Timberland, Buford, and Woodland. The one that surprised me out of that is fair. It, it surprised me, but it doesn't surprise me because of the location of the school. And that's Fairfield Central. Because they're on the outskirts of that population boom mm -hmm. in that part of the state. And they were a good program in years past. Don't get me wrong, they were. They, they were had, perennial. Yeah, and they graduated some great players from up there. But here the last couple of years, they've been kind of downtrodden a little bit. And I think probably a lot of that, their kids, you know, going into some of these other schools that are opening up but now yeah, I, the school the, the players may be coming there now yeah so. their regular season schedule wasn't great um, no. as far uh, as their overall record that was there but they did do well in the playoffs and i think yeah. that's what earned them, earned them the, the spot spot here yeah we cut we got a couple quarterbacks out of that school so they're a pretty good school all right I'm gonna, we're going to reiterate this one here all right so 
Apple is number one, they, and they deserve to be the independent state champ. Yeah. That's where I want to get on some of these other people because your your one A is your two A is, but when you get to three, it's not so fast, my friend. But <laughs> great collegiate Oceanside, we know that, and those collegiates are going to fight each other. And, you know, I love that too because that's what they should be doing. The team I want to talk about right now is a team that we we found out last year was going to combine. It was Estelle and um, Allendale Fairfax. I was thinking it was. Um, Wade Hampton, but they're they're still in Hampton. They play Emerald again this year. The team I want to talk about is Hampton County because I think this is the team. If there if there's a threat that can be posed from the Midlands area going toward the Low Country, that's the one I see. And also Silver Bluff, Cam, your Strum Thurman guys there at nine. I think that's a good position for them too. And then Barnwell Saluda. We don't know what Saluda has yet. We probably won't right. know because they're not in our jamboree either. But you know, Barnwell's new coach. Silver Bluff is. Same coach. Hampton County is a pretty much a new school now, so probably I, I don't know if it was Allendale, Fairfax, or Estill coach that probably came over. Marion's a team we've seen yeah. in two A for the last three or four years, um, and like I said, I just think it's really going to be the top three. And then you can't forget Woodland. I mean, we got. I mean, I've got ninety six in Timberland on here too because they did receive votes. Um, but I mean that's 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 pretty good, and that was one of the ones we looked at. And we, Abbeville's perennial. I'm gonna use that word again because until you beat them, I mean you can't do a whole lot. Yep. And we know how Coach Nichols, a really good coach, uh, has a lot of players coming out for him. Got a really experienced quarterback back this year. I called Tom yesterday, and I was like, "Didn't say ready for graduating." He's like, "Nope." <laughs> uh, and like I said, they they got some some pretty good players, um, but uh, I. It's still it's going to be Abbeville's to lose, and like I said, when we go over their schedule, because I got another notebook, but um, you'll see that it that it's not as easy as it's been because there are a couple. Right. Of, well, that's like, what I said earlier. Coach Nichols has improved his non-region schedule because he understood that the region he played in, and everybody around here knew it and saw it and said, "Well." They don't play anybody all year. <laughs> Even in their non-region schedule, you know, they're, they're picking up teams that they know they're going to beat. Go play somebody. And then you might get our support or whatever, I mean. but And they have. And I, I applaud him for doing that. Yeah, Do you think, saying it was the fact that everybody around here constantly stayed on them about the fact that they didn't play anybody non-region? And their region and their region schedule was just not that tough. Well, I mean, at some point in time, Jamie's got to open his eyes as a coach and say, you know, I can play the Dixies and the Wareshows and the McCormicks all I want, but it's not helping me down the road. And yeah, I might get beat by Westside, but that'll give me a better clue what I need to do as a coach. And my players have a better idea of what they need to do as players. So maybe some of the stuff that I've been saying to them will sink in a little bit more. You know, some of them 14, 15-year-olds can be pretty hard-headed. I do know last <laughs> my year. son was. I do know last year that one of the biggest compliments that Jamie got and Abbeville got was from a guy like Cutter Woods and said, I'm going to tell you, I don't want to play his defense every week. Yeah. So they saw how intimidating and how tough a two eighteen could be to them, mm-hmm. but it made them better in the long run. I think it did yeah. the same thing for Abbeville. Yeah. That that one game and the BHP that might have been the the, the non conference or whatever that pushed them to get to where they they 
end up beat didn't they beat Gray to play Oceanside or did Oceanside beat Gray to play Abbeville? I don't remember how it went. I, I, I know they played Oceanside for the champ yeah. for the state. I mean, I do know that, but I don't remember who they beat to get there. So they must have beat Gray because Oceanside's on the other end anyway. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, like I said, that, that you you're talking about two A. I mean, again, we said one A is really tough with the teams that are there, but so is two A. And I mean. It's and it doesn't get any easier because I'm sure you're ready to go to three A, eh? <laughs> even though we don't have but what one. And I'm gonna say that's what I want. I mean, it's gonna be a difficult three A uh, with one of our Lakeland's teams just because of their schedule too. But yeah, that yeah. that <laughs> schedule's brutal. Is, that is region is brutal. I'm but uh, Dylan is the favorite this year. Eleven first place votes based on what they have coming back. It seems that's what the uh, sports writers have have agreed on. Buford at the Eagles coming in at number two. With two first-place votes, Daniel falls all the way to three. That was the last time that Daniel in preseason poll was three. Um, been a long time. Clinton falls to four with one first-place vote. Also, you have Camden at five, Chester at six. Uh, BHP is seventh, followed by Powdersville, Gilbert, and Manning rounding out the top ten. Uh, receiving votes, also Broom, Chapman, uh, BC. You had uh, Crestwood, Phillips, Simmons, Seneca, and Hanahan. Man, I tell you what, man, I didn't even use that one. And we got the same thing on here. Um, all right, like with, like I discussed about two A. I'm gonna defend Bryce Labrador and Buford because they they are defending champs and they didn't lose a whole yeah. lot either. Um, they beat Dylan, gave Dylan their only loss last year to go to the state game to win the state game, um, and just I'm a little surprised that they did throw Buford under the bus like that with the players they got coming back because all of the skill set guys are back. So there must be something I'm missing. A coach or something went somewhere that I didn't hear about. But I'm like you, Tom Carroll. When have you ever seen a Clemson High School, excuse me, Daniel High School, uh, <laughs> that low? Uh, Clinton lost a good bit and Chester lost a ton. Well, well Clinton lost 25 yeah, players yeah. to graduation. And Chester yeah. lost about that many but, teams. Uh, Daniel so. lost most of their offense. Their quarterback, uh, wide, yeah. two wide receivers, the running back, a couple of offensive linemen. Most of their starting offense ended up to graduation. But Daniel's been one of those schools that typically they don't rebuild. They just reload. Mm-hmm. You know, they've always had some kind of way for some reason <laughs> They always find the right players to fill the slots that graduated the year before. I, to me, or this is well, I know the answer to the question because I remember Ray Ray McLeod and the story, the movie. Um, if you got a kid that you're recruiting comes in as a true freshman and he's got a little brother that's in high school and he moves with his brother to Clemson because let's say his parents are deceased right. or whatever. I wonder how many. Students that, that Daniel kind of gets like that off of players that are there now. I wonder if that's a concept that even has even because we know Ray Ray's little brother went to. Well, and it's, it it doesn't just have to be in that context. Right. I mean, you get a a a family and the the son goes to Clemson on a scholarship. Well, if mom and daddy want to see the son play, well, we might live in Alabama, but. Uh, I can get a job in Anderson. I can get a job in Greenville, Pickens, a, a lot of places. We just pick up the family, and for four years, we go live on Lake Hartwell. And, oh, well, I've got two other sons, and, oh, they just they happen to play football too, and they're going to be in 10th, 11th grade next year. Well, they'll go to Daniel. 
Well, that was really, I guess, the concept I was looking for. I, when I yeah. said that the athlete comes to Clemson, you're right, though. That would probably be more of what the issue – or not, it's not an issue, but um, – and I think that's a great recruiting tool to have, I guess, if mm-hmm. you don't want to say they recruit. But uh, to have it where the the older brother comes in and they bring three or four more brothers with them. But, um, and, and, it, and it goes back to um, Daniel is the high school for the Clemson area, whether we like it or not. But – you get a lot of coaches. There's a lot of genes, good athletic genes, that are at Clemson. Now it might not. Daddy might have played basketball or baseball, but son might be playing football. You know, daughter might be on the tennis team or the golf team. I mean, there's the connections there, and um, usually those genes. Do follow pretty good. I mean, if you get a kid that's father, or, and and a lot of times the dad who was the football player maybe, or the baseball player, oh, the mom was a tennis player or soccer player or basketball player. So there's the meshing of those two, and you get a pretty good athlete coming out there. I was gonna put and you on not, the spot, and it's not as spread out like Columbia is. How many high schools are within? you know, 10 miles of the University of South Carolina, then look at how many high schools are within 10 miles of Clemson. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's night and it day almost. thin. Yeah. Clemson's program has been – you've had a lot of studs from Daniel High School on your team. Yeah. I mean, I, that's just strictly because of where they live at. And I think that's I think that's awesome because they're staying home for yeah. one, mm-hmm. and they're just going right up the street to go to school and – I mean, that, that's a great tool to have right there in your back door. And like I said, they, they are the team. For me, when you when you do think of 3A, that's who you think of. I don't yeah. think of Dylan. I, what was the coach's name that retired like two years ago? I, I, anyway, he was one of the reasons for years that Dylan was there. And then Buford's got, like I said, Bryce Lyburn. And uh, Daniel's had the same coach for a while, too. And then he said, resurgence to Clinton last year have got them up here. Camden loses that line. Uh we got Xavier McLeod from Camden, uh, so they've lost that guy. And the other one went to Clemson. He was an offensive lineman also. Yeah. So when you lose players like that, and like I said, Chester lost a ton, Clinton lost a ton. You got BHP and you got Powdersville and Gilbert. Those are three schools at the bottom that might work their way to the top. I can see Powdersville and I can see Gilbert both. That's mm-hmm. why, especially both. Gilbert. They, they, could, they could be in. They could end up in the top five easily. We can look at this all day, man. It's just going. (laughs) (laughs) And then you got us. I I told him today, I said, I didn't realize that Sumter was that big that they had three high schools in there that compete. Manning is one of them. And then, like I said, Lakewood was the other one. And then Sumter High School. So that's a little surprising, also. Well, the 3A school here in town is the Emerald High Vikings. They had a scrimmage that they hosted, part of the ones that. We're supposed to be Monday. They got moved to Tuesday, and they did really well. Key Holloway threw three touchdown passes. Um, he had two of them that ended up going to Carson Wright, and then Carson Wright also went and rushed for two touchdowns to go along with that. And defensively, uh, they came up with four turnovers overall. So a uh, pretty good night uh, at a scrimmage, football scrimmage for the Emerald Vikings, and I know Coach DeBose is just thrilled at, at what they've been able to do. Um, Jalen Dunlap had a big night up front. He had multiple sacks and some tackles for a loss to go along with it. So he's one of the big guys that they'll watch uh, this year and probably going to be the leader of that defensive line. Well, you know, we said earlier this year and last year, 
Last year's Emerald team was very, very young. They've got a year under their belt now, and they're understanding the process a little bit more. They're understanding the playbook a little bit more. So we look for Emerald to be markedly improved over what they were last year now. With that said, we go back to looking into into that region, and that is not a soft region to be in. That you got to be, you got to bring the guns every game when you're playing in that region. And when you look at the at that three A top ten, you know, I mean, Chester's in your region, Clinton's in your region. Um, the, you know, the, they made mention of, of some of the other teams that receive votes, but those seem to be the two big ones. Union is in that region as well mm-hmm. um, to go along with it. And, um, oh, I'm missing somebody. Who I, I got missing? you. We're right here at it. We're going to do it right now. 818, they got 96 at home. The second game on September 1st is at Hampton County, and that's the one team I told you but kind of better look out for. And that's what they call the old Wade Hampton uh, school. Uh, and then their next game is at Saluda. So another difficult game. BHP's at home. They're at Crescent. Eastside comes to town. Woodruff at Chester, at Union, and Clinton in the year. So that's a difficult schedule. It really is, man. I mean, uh, I think this one thing that, we, that we've got to talk about as coaches, and this will be, as it always is with Coach DeBose, this will be a disciplined football team. You won't have a lot of Greg Porters going around doing crazy Greg Porter-type things. What I see from this year's team is they're even. I think offense and defense is pretty even this year. I think the emergence of Key Holloway and, and the year he got under him, to have a running back like Zion, uh, Zion Williams and then to have the kid that showed out last night and Carson Wright as a sophomore is going to be huge for, for them. You got a guy like Christian Fuller. He's there now. I mean – and then on defense, that was what impressed me about the, the, the not the paper, but the, the article that the Vikings put out about the scrimmage was Cam Parks, Malik Thomas, Jabril Wright, and Jalen Dunlap all had a sack and an interception. Three players had a sack and an interception in this thing. That's huge, and that's something that they're going to need with the schedule they got right here. Um, but like I said, you just start really quick at 90, uh, 96 coming to town, you coach, don't – Sleep on 96, because I'm telling you, Matthew yeah, Bennett. That's a rivalry game going back, you know, years ago. And Matt Bennett's going to be. That's what, only back to 99. But yeah, yeah. That's the first thing. If I'm Matt Bennett, I say, look, they're going to sleep on us, bro. They're going to sleep on us. Wake them up and put them back to sleep. But, I mean, you, you'll know a lot about this team when they go to Hampton County for that game against a, a top-10 team. You'll find out a lot about the pedigree and how they can play on the road right off the bat. And I think that'll help them for the rest of the year. Crescent, I don't think it's what they were in the past. They don't have the quarterback like they had for, what, five or six years. I wanted to call him the 19th, but like I said, he finally graduated. And then, like I said, but the last three games, at Chester, at Clinton, both schools lost a ton. And then you have a union um, who I think was better last year and actually competed with Emerald toward the end, right? They're starting yeah. to get better. Yeah, uh, and like I said, well, we thought that Union was the, the team that was only out or whatever. Uh, they proved to Emerald really quick that Green, I mean, that Emerald had to come back and win that game from behind. Uh, so so they've got that aspect too. But I think defensively is where you're going to look this year. And just the fact that we're talking 3A and we're talking, we've already said that could be probably the toughest region in all classifications this year. And we, like I said, I, I'll be honest, I haven't even really looked at 
4A or 5A. I mean, I know a little bit about what we're doing and what we got to go against. And, I mean, uh, you see on 4, you're talking about – well, you got your list ready? Yeah, I got it. Go ahead. Roll it. All right. 4A, uh, of course, Northside, number one preseason, seven first-place votes. Um, we've seen what they've got. They've got their quarterback returning. They've got Turbo returning as well at running back. They did lose Caldwell, who's a top-wide receiver, um, ended up going to South Carolina. So they're going to be looking for that slot guy as well as kick returner. I mean, Caldwell did just about everything for them. Um, then you got Greenville coming in at number two. They got four first-place votes. Um you know, and they've got something to prove. Made it all the way to the upper state championship, ended up losing it. Yep. Um, so they've got they've got a little bit of push behind them as well, and they're in Greenwood's region. South side or South Florence, four first place votes. They come in at number three, followed by South Point, Hartsville. Um, AC Flora is sixth. They're also of Greenwood's first game of the year. You got James Island at seven, followed by Catamba Ridge at eight. And then uh, Westside comes in at nine with Cutter Woods in that group. And then number 10 is West Florence. Others getting votes. Greenwood got some votes. Ridgeview, Indian Land, Myrtle Beach, and Irmo. So. Well, a lot of those, it's not as upstate heavy loaded as it used to be. Mm-hmm. That it's almost split down seeing, the middle. Yeah, yeah it's, and, and we're seeing more that Rock Hill area, those teams, you know, and that that goes all the way down to Indian land and some of those that have been kind of irrelevant for ever now. But uh, and then you get Myrtle Beach seems to have dropped off some where they were. And, but you don't ever know what they're going to come up with because you don't know who's going to move in down there. <laughs> they receive votes. So they were yeah. one of the receivers. Yeah. yeah. The thing with the Myrtle Beach is the the coaching carousel that's going on yeah. down there. It's just mm-hmm. you know a year or two a new coach, year or two a new coach. Um, they just haven't had that consistency yet. And what we talked about earlier in the year when we went down for your daughter's wedding is the fact of the charter schools that are building there. Yeah. They are getting booming down there yeah. with charter schools. Uh, we'll go over the schedule since I got it here. AC4 is a top 10 team that surprised me, and that was one of the questions I had a question mark by for Kevin Thomas because they don't have anybody on here. <laughs> you know, they don't. the quarterback graduated, had Kent that was here. Um the running back is gone, so I'm trying to figure out how they're ranked as high as they are, and we'll figure it out when we get the preview show next week because Floor does come to town, which is fun. Um, and then we got a little road trip. I mean, uh, <laughs> I think we're all it's we're all dreading it. Creek, and, yeah. uh, I'm kind of worried about my partner Tom Carroll because, like I said, he's a uh, he's uh, gonna have to nurse. Uh, luckily, your wife is a doctor, brother, and you can <laughs> she can teach you how to how to uh, nurse this. Uh, let's just hope it's not a sidekick. Let's just just hope you pull something and and I see it. But guess who else comes after Sandy Creek? Them well, Norman, Norman boys. Yep. And then North Augusta finally. It feels like after 75 times going down there to the. Uh, you're going to have to edit that, but anyway, uh, they're coming to us. They're coming to us, and then we get a couple road trips in a row. You know how many in a row? We get four games Three, four in a row, game man. Yeah. At Hannah, Berea, at Easley, and then Cutter Woods and Westside, yeah. and then Porterville's coming here. Which last time he came here, he got what he should have got. He yep. don't get it again. And then we got Pickens, which is another co- a new coach there, new correct? Coach there, right. So I mean. And and what I thought was funny about this one is is the fact that I had as much trouble finding players as I did on the other one. And saying, don't take it wrong, but Max Preps does not think Tristan Lewis is the quarterback in Greenwood because he's not even on that list. <laughs> they had what's the name? I don't even know his name. Pumpkin. What, what's his name? Demir- Chamberlain. Demirian or Demirius Chamberlain. Whatever his real name is. I, I'm sorry, Pumpkin, but you always be a pumpkin to me. Um, and Tank Gary. 
Yeah. How do you forget about a Tank Gary, uh, Kevin Thomas? <laughs> you know, <laughs> in case you go back and look. Um, but like I said, it's uh, we got really good players. Yeah. Zion Hawkins is one I think is going to be a really key in the new offense. Well, he'll be playing wide out. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be receiver be and DB. Wide, yeah. So you're going to have him over there. CJ Terrell is – it doesn't get me a height here. As far as you got to do better with the heights on the boys too, <laughs> which I'll have all this done. I'm interested because when you told me a Seymour, I was thinking Dax. And I was like, that boy's going to play tight end or receiver. It's his brother, and you know him as well. It's Bryce. Bryce. Yeah. And you said that the couple seven on sevens you saw, he was a stud out there. Now. He was, and he, and he may be playing both ways. He's yeah. also a stud at linebacker. So we'll see what happens. He, and when we get to the Ironman Awards and stuff, we'll mention those. He's on there as well. Got one of those belts. So. Well, the other one I was fixing the name is Elijah Wade, who's also yeah. got a belt on his shoulder to play receiver also probably. This new offense could work because I see receivers. It's, it's, it's a great concept, and I love – you know, I, we didn't say anything about the Hall of Fame, but one of my favorite coaches is Coriel. I call him Mary Coriel uh, when I loved the Chargers back then when my uncle lived out there with Dan Fouts and all those guys. This is what this offense can look like with receivers and with time to throw the football. And so far, the, the what we saw in the spring, it's going to be a work in progress, but I think you're starting to see the one thing I was worried about. You're starting to see receivers – and even probably a tight end step up and say, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Whereas we've had to worry about Tank Gary and, and B. Morton and all those having to run it a thousand times a game. If we can get that going, this schedule is going to be a little bit better. Yeah, the one that worries me is Westside. Now, we played Westside really, really well. Tough, Scott right. Early yeah. leaves his coach there. He goes and takes uh, Shell's job <coughs> at the football coaching hall. Um, <laughs> Association and all of that yeah. stuff, uh, but they went out and they they found themselves a real winner. Brian Lane, uh, a lot of Burns folks know who he is. We know who he is yes. and playing out there. But uh, for Cutter Woods, this is like a win-win situation for him. Here's the thing: we know we we allude to the bigger teams that you always see at four and five, which Dutch Fork is five. But we played them. They had brought in some guys from all over the country to play quarterback, and we held them. We played with them. Last year, defense on Cutter Woods, and you can win a game. Yeah. Now let's talk about defense, Don Carroll. You ready for this? And this is one for Kevin Thomas, too. The one guy that I do take uh, offense to not being on this top 75 is Mike Holloway. Because year in, year out, this kid's gone from, what, cornerback to safety to now being a bona fide edge rusher? Well, he, he was mm. – <laughs> He Holloway, just Holloway was a defensive end to start yeah. with, yeah. and then yeah, now he's kind of that outside linebacker slash corner. That's good. to me. That's one of your key guys. And then I'm gonna go over the rest of your defense real quick. Uh, Cam Gross was a guy that had a big year last year on defense. Caleb Burton's gonna be playing safety cornerback. How about my big man? We're always looking for that big man. You know who it is? It's Brendarius Irwin. That, that I can't wait to see because he's that size defensive guy that you – I'm not going that way. I'll go this other guy's <laughs> way. Um, and like I said, you got Correll Parks, Camarius Glenn, my boy Kamari Griffin. Man, get back to quarterback, man. Come on. You as a, as a freshman, he was so good, and he was so little, and he just worked that craft. And I was just waiting to see him for four years to get to that quarterback slot. But he likes that defense. So. And then we got another Rapley. Dallas Rapley's going to be playing the safety position. But this defensive, you know, year in, year out, we wonder about we're losing so many players. Offensive line, we lost so many players. You're starting to see it build back together. 
Yeah. We know yeah. offensive line because you got Dax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in the scrimmages so far, we've been noticing you know, Green was going with that 3-4 defense, base yeah. defense to start off with. So it looks like we're going to try to go more that way. But this is uh, – the offense and the defense is more of what we've seen from Chris Liner in the past at 96. It was that way when he moved over to Lawrence. We saw the success he had there. And I'm just urging fans now that it may start out a little rough, but give it time. This offense is going to work. See what I forgot about that you're going to probably smack me for <laughs> um, is um, Jaden Adams and then Griffin Jones. <laughs> Griffin Jones had how many sacks last oh, year? Yeah. Yeah. A ton. But I think this is – Stan, this is where I think we're going to be better. And this is something we don't always think about. What do we talk about wins ball games? Well, we've always talked about the, the Greenwood – when you talk Greenwood football, the first thing you talk about is – the Greenwood defense, they may be smaller than you are, they may be slower than you are, everything. But the one thing they're not going to be is afraid of you, and they're going to come up and smack you in the mouth. Now, we kind of got away, and we talked about this last year, we kind of got away from that a little bit last year. For whatever reason. Well, injuries just, being the main. And yeah. injuries hurt, yeah. Uh, if, if that attitude comes back with this group, uh, Greenville – West Side. I'm telling Sandy you. Sandy Spring. Y'all better watch out because these boys are going to come with some mean intentions. Friday night when we walk on the field, I'm going to walk right up to Zach Norman and say, you ain't hurt. You need to listen to podcast. what he said about you. You better have them ready, Coach. <laughs> but what I was talking about and I was alluding to, there's two names, and they're one number apart, 80 and 81. Noah Perrin and Piontek. Special teams. Yep. Piontek. They both kick off also, uh, and they both were pretty close. We've got to get a kicker that can get to the goal line or into the goal line. If if you can take that return man out of play like we had a couple of years with the other kickers, and it, it just changes the whole concept, especially high school. Because uh, if you get across that goal with the, with the kickoff, you're not returning it. <laughs> They're no. not going to let you bring it out. Nope. So another year under the belt, uh, Piontek was a great kicker last year. I don't think he missed any extra points. Not that I remember. I don't, no, I don't even know if he missed a field goal. Maybe one, but and then Pian, I mean, uh, then you had um, Noah Perry and his punting efficiency was like crazy. His yeah. his the field. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he flipped the field several times. So another thing, you know, we talk about defense and offense is going to be improving. Uh, I think special teams is probably our best. I, I, I was looking on there to see who's coaching it for Greenwood because I'm thinking Limco Limco is here from Carolina <laughs> coaching that special teams, but. Uh, it's exciting, man. We're we're a day away from a, a jamboree, um, and just in case you didn't notice, I just put on our site earlier. There are going to be some changes tomorrow night. Make sure that you go to. We're going to hopefully mention several. Over okay. Here well, we yeah, yeah, we'll make sure we get it off. But anyway, good four year, great. It's going to be our four way. It's going to be a really good season starting out. Uh, again, I hate that we didn't get Kevin Thomas because I want to ask him. Maybe Monday I can try to work it out. Well, we can try here a little bit. We'll I see keep seeing eight four three pop up, but yeah, we may try him again. I just want to know uh, the reason. Well, and and it, he wouldn't know because he's not the one that put that list out that you're reading. But why you <laughs> see Flores getting the love would not like yeah. big players. Well, before they go, uh, Class 5A, Dutch Fork comes in at number one, which surprised me. They got all 15 first-place votes uh, despite the loss that they took last year. Um, Gaffney comes in at number two. Somerville, number three. Somerville getting a lot of love. for Dorchester, who fired their coach, got that same coach rehired, and then he retired again, then has search for another coach, comes in at number four, followed by Burns. Uh, my Sumter Gamecocks come in at six. T. Hanna, who is the fifth game of the season for the Eagles, uh, they are seven. 
11th, followed by Spartanburg, Lexington, and Dorman rounds out the top 10. Dorman, the third game of the season. Uh, that'll be a home game at uh, J.W. Babb. Others getting votes, Blythewood, Hillcrest, and J.L. Mann. Hillcrest uh, is the one that got the transfer quarterback, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes, you're right. And the one, the two that surprised me on that is J.L. Mann, because we played them in the past, and they were yeah, – Last year – I mean, I – they were my, bad. My, they, they were horrible. They were worse than bad, you know. But I don't know if it's coaching changes or just the mindset of the coaches or they just got the players in there. This may just be their time to get the players in there. And Well, this is uh, the third year under their new coach, yeah, and so he's improved he's every, every single, single year. year so. And last year was a breakout year, really a breakout year, because yeah. they won, what, eight games? <clears throat> seven or eight so. games? Seven or eight, yeah. I can answer that one for you because there is a guy that plays quarterback that's on this list. So, Cutter Woods, you got beat out. <laughs> Maybe the reason you're not on here is because of Ethan Anderson at quarterback as a senior this year coming in. The only guy from man that's on the list. Um, and we've talked about some of these. Let's talk about the quarterbacks real quick since we're messing around with it because uh, I, I have not done my homework with 5A either. I, think there, I do think there will be a flip this year. I think it's going back to Somerville, and I think Fort Dorchester is going to take the second whip here. Um just because of coaching changes and players going to other schools. I'm hearing from my cousin that still lives down there that they're back and forth on who's going to what school. Yeah. And I think Somerville's pulled a Fort Dorchester quarterback and running back, and I think vice versa. Uh, and that would have happened last year with, with – uh, I can't think of his name, the the coach that retired. Uh, that wouldn't have happened under him because, like I said, he'd been the coach since they started that school down there. Jonathan Hunt's your quarterback at Dutch Fork. I will say that. we And he is not one of the ones that we saw because he was a freshman when they brought these kids in. So, think if they hadn't brought the freshman kid from North Carolina in, and his name was Alex something. It was AA was his initials. And then the kid last year they brought in from Clover. I think about how good a, a guy like Jonathan Hunt would be at Dutch Fork. And another reason Dutch Fork is always there is because they got it. He's his receivers right there with him and Jacob Hamilton, who is a Gamecock commit, by the way. So, uh, I, and I know he's, he's a, he's a pretty tall kid at, at receiver. So, I mean, that's, I mean, you got your, your skill set players. I mean, and a team you talked about in 4A, Tom, is, uh, James Island. And that's that quarterback, uh, forgot his name real quick. So, but that's the reason they're there on that list. Because you think of James Allen, you're like, where in it? I didn't even realize they were 4A. I remember James <laughs> Allen at three. Yeah. And, I mean, so they've had that resurgence of, of people also. But, like I said, it's going to be a fun year. And uh, we'll get we'll get better we'll with it. Uh, what do you think about – because there was a team in there that you just mentioned in, in five that's going to be competitive again. And that's Burns. I'm seeing nothing but positives about Burns. The, the one team that I think is going to surprise everybody on this list is Spartanburg. They need to. <laughs> we'll just you, leave it I at mean, that. It's time, and it's about time in that rotation of players in that area that the Spartanburg and the Burns go back to the top and the Dormans and some of those other cats up there kind of start sliding a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned with Burns. Um, last year they were really good. They had a good nucleus that was there. Uh, at the beginning of the spring, all of a sudden you had guys that were transferring out. Those guys have now transferred back, but yet have transferred out again. So I, I'm not sure yeah. what the dynamics of that is as of right now. But if they stay, I agree with the rankings where they are. If they don't, Burns mm -hmm. probably falls out of the top ten. 
Well, players in and out, in and out, as promises made by coaches that may not be there anymore, and that's the reason they came back and tried it, and the other coach had the same philosophy about it. Um, the Gaffney's a really good football team, but I, I just can't give them the credit they need until they can actually get up there and, and, and beat that Dutch Fork for yeah. that spot. Yeah. And that's the reason, the whole reason, I think, that they went out and they got Raleigh Stanton. They said, you know what, if you can do it at Gray, we just lost Grayson Loft, uh Lawless, come on in. And uh, I think that's why Raleigh Stanton went there. I mean, he's just – I mean, like I said, these guys are loyal as nothing anymore. <laughs> but um, but it, it's commonplace now that you're and, – and that's the thing about Portal Stan that we talk about. When you let them get away with it in high school and, and then they come to Carolina or they go like Daniel Riolo who played in four different states and then now he's he went to Florida. They wouldn't give him the NIL money, so he goes to Georgia. That's what started this by allowing these kids to do, and I call them prima damas and other names, and I probably shouldn't do that because they are kids. But you're letting them do it with their family, so then when they get to college, it's just everything else. But Riley Stanton does give Gaffney that tool to help them get to that championship game or for the upper state championship well, game. Well, we got to look and see how many little Johns are on the Gaffney roster. <laughs> I promise you. He can look it up right now, but I promise you there's, some, there's at least one or two. And, and they will be – some studs on that Gaffney team, there's no doubt. And I know Tonka's got a little brother that's playing at Conway. So, yeah, when you're talking about perennial teams that are great all the time, I mean, B Red, who's your high school? Where'd you go to high school? Oh, he's okay. He's a he's rebel a too. Rebel. He, we, we, you missed a little quick thing we did on them. So, <laughs> and, and Coach Webb, you know, I mean, I, I like what I saw last year when we went down for those games. I like what I saw from him. If, if the quarterback could have hit a couple passes. Now, there is a receiver that you may know or might be kin to be rad that's on this list of 75. It's Braylon Staley, a wide receiver and safety. Um, so that's their stud. But I figured the quarterback might be on there because his arm's pretty good. He just needed 30 needed pounds, help. maybe. He needed a little yeah. bit of weight because that boy was a bean pole, mm-hmm. to be honest. He was a bean pole. <laughs> and he got pressured all the time. So, But look at it. They're, look, they play in, that, in the same little region mm-hmm. with, the, with the rest of these powerhouses like Silver Bluff. And, mm-hmm. and, um, but like I said, that was the team that competed last year. But like I said, it's going to be Gilbert and Saluda. Yeah. And the thing I want to watch with 5A is what happens with Lexington. With Curtis oh, yeah. going yeah. from uh, uh, Dorman over to Lexington, where's Lexington? How are they going to compete against the likes of Dutch Fork and Chapin in that area? I, I imagine they're going to be much improved based on just what he's been able to do in the past at AC Flora and also at Dorman. But – that region itself in 5A has been weak and been dominated by one team alone. Now you throw, uh, you know, this kind of a coaching staff in there and all the changes, I think it's going to be a big difference maker. Do you see the main uh, change that he well, made, though, talking about Curtis? <clears throat> he went to his old school and got the offensive coordinator this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what is AC? I don't even I don't even know who AC Flores got calling plays this year because Curtis got his old OC, you know, up there. But uh, is, that, is River Bluff in there with him? River Bluff is, is yeah, yeah. Are they in that are. region? Okay. Well, the thing about this, and, and it goes back to just what we were talking about with Spartanburg and Burns, this is this may be that cycle where Lexington is cycling some athletes through. And you put a few athletes with some good quality coaching, next thing you know, Lexington's at the top again, not at the bottom looking up. And, uh, you know, we said Irmo is showing signs of life again. How many years has this been since Irmo has shown life? So, uh, 
and then we can't forget about Chapin being down there. I mean, they really good. Uh, I mean, they're a, a big school. Uh, why aren't they any better than what they are? You know, maybe it's coaching. Maybe they just hadn't gotten the football players. But uh, <laughs> I forgot about Chapin. That's the reason. That's one reason because you got those three schools you right got here. Three schools. And then you throw, kind of like I said, Riverbluff's right up. in the back yeah. door. And I'm glad to see Irmo making that run. Now that's a team I do not like. Being a former Greenwood Eagles, because that was a team we never could beat with Spartanburg. So, I mean, you're starting to see a lot of in – the, In the years that Greenwood has played Irmo, probably the – we went down to Irmo, what was it, 2012, somewhere in that somewhere neighborhood. Somewhere in that neighborhood, um, yeah. Caleb Chambers was the safety yeah. at that time. And he, I mean, for, for only being – I mean, he was blind in one eye. For only having one eye, and he goes up and makes this unbelievable one-arm interception at the seven-yard line uh, to stop a drive and ends up. Uh, helping us with the win and that one, but there's been some other great matchups and great plays just yep. like that between those two squads. Yep. All right. Yeah, um, <laughs> taking a look here a little closer to home, uh, Hall of Fame was announced by the Emerald Vikings. We know Greenwoods is going to uh, – we announced that on Monday's show. Emeralds uh, released their list. They've got three great candidates this time around, uh, Casey Sears, Hunter Riddle, and uh, Robin Scott. When you look at those guys, Casey Sears was a girls' soccer player, um, graduated in 2006, so she's going to be there. Uh, Hunter Riddle, also a soccer player standout uh, from 2006 to 2010. And then Coach Scott uh, – um, what what sport did he not help coach in? Yeah. And I mean, he was a great basketball coach, known for multiple years uh, with the, the men's and women's uh, basketball team over at Emerald High School. Plus, he did what wide receivers and running backs and football team. Um, I think he did uh, uh, ladies softball for a few. Years. I mean, he was involved he just was about in, every just sport. about everything over there. And he was one of the first coaches that were over there too. Um, with uh, or one of the first hires that Coach Hill made. And, it, uh, you know, just loyalty to the school. You know, he's mm-hmm. been loyal to the school, and he's done anything that school asked him to do and did it well. I remember I went with him <laughs> from junior <laughs> high over at the apartments over there when the first year they had school over there. We were that seventh grade class moving up, and Coach Scott, man, to me, P coach, like you said, everything – he had his hands in it, but basketball was his just his Forte. persona, man. And he did. You're right, the loyalty because I remember I vaguely remember him telling Coach Hill, "I don't know much about football." He said, "Were well, you coaching receivers?" And he's like, I, "Did you coach? Did you not hear what I?" <laughs> that's just how Coach Hill was. He, he said, yeah. "Well, I'll teach you," and and yeah. he did. And that's just that's one that should have already been there. I think about Anna Ray Duckett, who who was oh, girls gosh. basketball and softball, and she's another one. I think she's already in. She's though. in. So, I mean, they've been a lot of really good coaches over there. And that's just an honor. And, man, like I said, Casey Sears, I mean, just Mike's daughter. And um, and then Hunter Riddles, I'm sure, is Mark's yep, son. Yeah, he is. And then you talk about soccer there where the dad was golf. And he probably played golf for them too, so – yeah, but uh, the celebration continues. August 18th is when the Hall of Fame game, their first game of the season, it gets 96. 7.30 at Frank Hill Stadium. You need to come out and support these three guys at halftime. It's going to be a lot of fun watching these guys. We won't get a chance to, but uh, no. yeah. we wish them all the best in the, in the process of that as well. This is a rain because <laughs> if they get rained out, we get rained out. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just a huge honor. But like I said, when I saw Coach Scott, man, I was just like, and all because he's a guy, well a guy I grew up with. Yeah, well Driver's deserved. education teacher, which he was the one that got me behind the wheel the first time when I didn't want to drive. And uh, 
<laughs> we ended up going on the bypass over there before the bypass was the bypass. But uh, just a great guy. Both classes. Let's you know, think about Greenwood. Their class is really great too. And um, I, I wish that that Wershold's and ninety six and and Abbeville would do more with theirs. McCormick uh, that they would allow everybody to see and take part of. And maybe that's another thing that I can do as a as a Lakeland's guy is reach out to these guys and say, hey man, start your own you know Hall of Fame thing and see where it takes you. And because that might be another little recru- recruiting cool if a kid don't want to play football, but there's a chance that, you know, Mateo Durant's in the McCormick Football Hall of Fame, which he will be. A Ken Durant probably will be there, Cam Durant. So if you're a Durant that ever played there, man, and, and you want to follow in them footsteps, follow in them footsteps. But like I said, we're lucky at, at Greenwood and at Emerald and um, that you'll have those Hall of Fames, and, and they continue to do what they do. B-Rad, you in the Strong Thurman Hall of Fame? Okay, so <laughs> if you are in Johnston, South Carolina, then that, then let me just say, be rather the guy that you, we need to go ahead and get the the uh, committee to look at and put into the Hall of Fame. If he's not in for that, put him in for bartending with the coldest yeah. beer. I know that wasn't anything you took in school, but anyway, it probably led to your success. Let's just say that because I know a lot. I've got a lot of kin from Edgefield, so I know it led to your success. So. All right, well, we got jamborees that are coming up tomorrow night. Going to be a lot of fun. A lot of folks saying this is the official start of football is with the jamborees because yep. you get to get out <laughs> and uh, get kind of a taste, and, and there's a lot of folks that are going to be excited about all of this that's going on. But uh, when you look at it, Greenwood has their jamboree. Greenwood going to be taking on 96. Emerald going to be taking on Abbeville. That's um, 7 and 8 o'clock with Greenwood being the 8 o'clock game. And then uh, it, I did confirm it. I think it's, it's – uh, let me look. McCormick Dixie and McCormick yeah. in game number one at 6 o'clock. So 6, 7, and 8, uh, and we'll be in and out of there. Now, there are a lot of restrictions. Why is Saluda not on there? Yeah, yeah. I know you guys are wondering that. Well, they're playing over at Strom Thurmond and that one. So um, they just kind of flip-flopped in that regard. But safety protocols and procedures after the chaos that happened last year, no congregating outside or inside the stadium. All spectators must have a seat in the stands. Okay, and the they clear will be, bag policy. Clear bag policy is going to be there. Students with a high school ID must, or without a high school ID, must be accompanied by an adult. So if you are a middle schooler, you must have an adult in the stadium with you. And your okay. butt's going to a seat. So. Your butt's going to a seat. <laughs> um, tickets can be purchased online. Cash sales tickets will be available at the gate. Um, and at some community locations, we'll make mention of that coming up uh, next week when they get those out. Metal detectors are going to be utilized, so get there early so that you can get in and not miss any of the games. And, uh, again, only the South Carolina High School League passes will be accepted. So um, that, you know, is, is for a lot of folks that think that they last can get year's pass. Anywhere. Yep. It won't happen. Last yeah. year's passes do not work. That's a good pass to have, though. If you if you love football, man, you don't you're not committed to a team stand. Go get that pass and enjoy games, man. Because what, what does that pass cost, Tom? You remember? It was like thirty five bucks. So it's cheap enough yeah. for, and you can go all over the state to watch games. So if you got a Riley Stanton that's on this list, and it's it, not just football, you yeah, can go yeah. basketball, basketball, baseball. Yeah, yeah it's, it's well worth the money. Mm-hmm. So. Like I said, if if you don't, if you're not loyal to one team or whatever, which if you're in the Lakeland, you better be loyal to one or two teams. So yeah. let us catch you at Abbey. <laughs> so. And one thing I want to throw in too, uh, Greenwood Touchdown Club will be live and in color again this year. Uh, looking for new members. Uh, our first meeting will be August the 21st. That's a Monday night. Uh, 
I can't remember. I don't think Steve told me who the speaker was going to be. Well, the be first one be the coaches. <laughs> so you'll get to listen to every new coach and even the old coaches. Uh, so and it's a free, you know, it's a meal. Yep. Uh, the I don't know if they filled up to all their sponsorship things or not. Yearly memberships, 150 bucks, but that's going to get you a free meal every other week. Uh, and we're at the main event right there beside sports. Uh, yep. Sports. Be ready. It's, it's a great meal. It's not just any meal, buddy. So and I, the first one is find a money bartender for you. And and the first one is the fried chicken from yeah. Sports Break. So everybody get the knows good food it. to start off with. Yeah. All right. Uh, just want to make quick mention. Everybody knows the ACC. Uh, you heard it yesterday. The ACC trying to possibly expand and Notre Dame's trying to bring in Stanford and, and USC. Is that right? Stanford, Cal, Cal and, and, and uh, SMU, I heard, SMU. was another well, one that was being <laughs> thrown out there. I, I've just heard. But SMU cannot come. You know why? Why is that? To be classified as a top five or power five conference or a school mm-hmm. in a power five conference, your stadium that you play in has to seat a certain number. SMU seats thirty five thousand. Yeah, I That's think it's over sixty thousand. I think to be something something. Like I can't remember what, but the SMU and oh, but SMU is thinking about adding on some seats. So I'm sure they. Let me ask you a question. But did you did you say Notre Dame is recruiting? Notre, Notre Dame is recruiting to the ACC. Yeah. yeah, they could solve this whole Dag Blaine problem <laughs> if they would let their their TV money go to the conference that they play in and every other sport in the ACC. I don't always defend the ACC and. and that's the one fault I have with the commissioner. If anything should happen, their tail should go to the Big Ten like they play in, unless they give their TV money up. And we're talking billions of dollars then from NBC. And they'll never give it up. But that's no. the, I, I find it laughable that they're out here recruiting Stanford and everybody else, and they're not letting their money go for football. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I don't think any of this is going to happen. Um, Larry Williams, who writes for uh, Tiger Illustrated, basically came out, uh, who I follow, and he basically said it looks like a, it's, it's uh, not going to happen. The ACC has pretty much shot this whole thing down and is not looking at recruiting any of those schools. Now. How, but, how would you uh, like Stanford in baseball, though, in the yeah. ACC? They would really help. I mean, that yeah. would be huge. Well, for- they, they were giving some pros and cons on all of them the other day. And, uh, you know, academics, of course. Uh, and then all three of the schools have had Cal Bears have been in baseball for a while. And um, SMU at one time had a good athletic program. But then they went, they flip-flopped. And you go over and they say, well, this is what the ACC ought to do. They ought to go get App State, Coastal, I'm with you Liberty, yes, sir. East Carolina. Well, None of those four schools, their stadiums are big enough to meet the requirements, which is only like 45,000, I think, uh, you know, seating capacity. But none of those schools, and none of those schools want a stadium that big. So, you know. Conway can build, I mean, you can build one at the beach. You can build one at Conway. They got got room for expansion at Bennett Field or whatever they call it. Yeah, add on to it. Yeah. All right. Next week's going to be fun. It is uh, week number well, zero. For us, week number one. Chris's favorite week of the year. <laughs> week zero is this day. Zero. 
You can edit out that out too. I, I'm telling you, man, I don't know what the day is. I'm fired up about knowing their name now. They about to get me again. Make that you to do extra work. All right, make sure to come on out. Howard's on Main. They got room for everything. They even cater. So if you want lunch brought to you, they can do that as well. Come by and see the good folks here. B Rad is getting everything ready for happy hour. Got the coldest beer in Greenwood. Not to mention, they have the best lunch specials around. Hey, let me just say this too about B-Rad. I'll tell you, he's a smart bartender. There was three or four old clowns sitting over here. Thought he was going to drink all day up here. He said, no, nah, y'all get on out. He escorted them out and brought some more people in. So <laughs> he's he going to get his tip money. You're not going to come in here and just sit and be cool. So, but anyway, like that. And uh, like I said, uh, B-Rad, come here for a minute. I want you to do something for me. Uh, before we go off the air, I want you to do something for me. I'm going to take this headset, and I want you to tell about the benefit tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow we're having a benefit for Cheyenne Petrus. Um, if you don't know her, she's a loyal employee here. She had a stroke uh, about a month ago, and we're going to raise money for her. Uh, tomorrow we have a benefit, live auction, 50-50 raffle, and live music from 6 to 9 tomorrow. Oh, it's going to be a good time. So everybody come out and support a great cause and a great person. All right. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Yeah. He's Chris Cox. That's Stan Spivey. I'm Tom Carroll, along with B-Rad, the best bartender in Greenwood right here on the Lakeland Sports Guys. Have a good one.